Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Thanks for coming back, JT. Joining uh, Donald Penn in a few moments. Donald Penn just announced his retirement. He's going to call in. Excited about that. And we're brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. When I talk sports, when I talk with players, if it's on the air, I'm ready to roll with my headset. If I'm home in the backyard or out on the strip, it's with a Remy Martin cocktail. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Donald Penn, just retired a few minutes ago as a Raider. He wanted to do that. He's at the facility. He'll join us in a few minutes. Also, Seth Greenberg from ESPN, former head coach on the bracket and the tournament coming up. Just gave you my tribute to Marvin Hagler. We got a lot to get to. Let me get to Chris in West Oakland to kick off the hour before Donald Penn comes on. Chris, thanks for waiting through the break. What do you got? Hey, JT, I'm going to hold off. You know I've been pretty well on record about the Raiders' free agency. And, by the way, you call this free agency week. This is March Madness week to me. Can't wait to hear Coach Greenberg in a little bit. But I'll hit free agency more later this week. I wanted to kind of piggyback real quick on what you said about Marvin Hagler. You know, what a titan this guy was. And, you know, we're so lucky at our age that we grew up in the golden age of boxing, you know, non-heavyweights. And, you know, you keep talking about the Four Kings. I assume you've read that book, Four Kings. Mm-hmm. You know, Leonard Hearns, Hagler, and Duran. All four of these guys fought each other multiple times. They all beat one another at least once. They all lost to at least one of the four at least once. It was such a great age. And, again, not taking a shot at a guy like Floyd Mayweather, I wish he fought in an era like that because he wouldn't just be able, and I'm not questioning Floyd's greatness, but he would have been forced to fight those guys. And I guarantee you Floyd Mayweather's not, if he grew up in the 80s, he would not be undefeated today. I'm not saying he doesn't belong with those guys. I'm saying he couldn't have picked and choose. But as far as Marvin Hagler, you're right. These fights were events, JT, how, how things were back then. I know we got pay-per-views, you got UFC now, people get together. But when we had these big money pay-per-view events in the 80s, whether it was, you know, most of the time it centered around these guys, it was Hagler, Hearns, Leonard. And it, literally, we it was on a Monday or a Tuesday night they were so big back then. And, all, you know, half the country, it seemed like, were watching these fights. But as far as his fight, it's a shame that Marvin Hagler got run out of box or chose to leave after that last fight. I've watched it multiple times. I thought Leonard won on points simply because any other fighter probably wouldn't have got that decision because Hagler was the champ. But Sugar Ray Leonard was Sugar Ray Leonard. That being said, I would have loved to have seen a rematch. But through it all, Hagler showed grace. He showed class. And i got to give the man credit, JT. Unlike 99% of these boxers, he didn't come back. You didn't see him flailing around the ring while he got his ass beat by a guy that 10 years earlier probably couldn't have even got got in the ring with him. He went out with style. He went out with class, even though it was controversial. Rest in peace, Marvin Hagler. The world of boxing has lost a titan, and we'll never see anybody like that again. Thanks, my friend. Talk to you later. Thank you, Chris, and I appreciate it. Chris gets what we try to do here. You know, Marvin Hagler in Vegas, so him passing away, he is truly a titan. He deserves more than one segment. He deserves a couple of segments, a couple of phone calls. 
It happens. People die unexpectedly. Uh, Hagler was only 66 years old. Uh, people are shocked throughout Vegas, th- shocked throughout the world that he passed away over the weekend. And I just wanted to make sure we, we covered off on this because I read six or seven of his obituaries we could have had on Kevin Ioli today, Schmitty, all the boxing guys, Chris Mannix, who I usually have on the show. It's a big day for the Raiders. It's a big day with free agency. Drew Brees' retirement. But you know me. If you've been listening to me for 10 minutes or 10 years, I'm going to make sure we cover boxing, especially an athlete that had an impact on Las Vegas, Caesars Palace, the way that Hagler did. Donald Penn's going to join us coming up here momentarily on his retirement. He just retired at the facility, which was you know a ceremony for him and his family. This is what he wanted to do. And I've talked to a lot of players who did this, came back for that one-day signing because of the Raiders and the impact that the organization, the Davis family's had on their life. So Donald's going to come up here in a minute. And we want to hear from more callers today on your mood, how you feel about free agency. How concerned are you? What is your level of angst? Are you ready to roll? Do you think the Raiders should be conservative in free agency? Should they pounce? This is the first time in a long, long time I've said to you, I think if the Raiders, the Raiders have not done well recently in free agency or the draft, in many people's opinions. So if they do anything explosive, I'm going to like it. I'm going to like it because I didn't like Carl Nassib. I didn't like, I like him as a person. I didn't get a chance to meet him because of COVID. I'm sure he's a great guy. You look at Corey Littleton, players who came in, free agents, Malik Collins. I remember when Malik Collins signed and I was saying on this show, wow, what an addition for the Raiders. They're bringing in a defensive tackle who played for Rod Marinelli, and this guy's just going to eat up a double team and be really good. He, he wasn't. We all thought he was going to be very good. Everybody. I even talked to Dallas insiders who were like, man, you got a hell of a player. A couple of weeks ago, we had on David Irving, the defensive lineman who came in. Great interview, great download. If you didn't hear it, you can find it on my podcast, The Game Plan. With the Raiders, he's going nowhere. This guy is furious. He's ready to play. He's a guy penciled in to compete for a starting position and make plays. But I think the Raiders got to get out of this week with an edge rusher. They got to get out of this week with a free safety. If they get another linebacker, I mean, who says these linebackers don't have to compete? If the Raiders bring back Nicholas Morrow, along with Corey Littleton and Nick Witkowski, that doesn't mean that those are the set three linebackers in this 4-3. If Gus is able to find a better linebacker or a better linebacker is available in free agency, That'd be great. I don't care if one of these guys have to go to the bench. I want better players. And when it comes to the secondary, Richard Sherman's name's out there. I wouldn't overpay for Richard Sherman. But I'd like to know that he's considering the Raiders and if he wants to do a market deal and come to Vegas and think about his next career. He does a podcast now with Chris Collinsworth. If he wants to talk about his next career, maybe as a broadcaster and an entertainer in Vegas, could be a good fit. A lot of people are waiting on the news of Kyle Long, who's supposedly in the facility. I don't know if he's in the facility right now or if he's going to be there later or he was there this morning. We'll get more on those updates from the insiders. I'm sure Vinny Bonsignor will have more of that a little bit later on in the show. But I think Kyle Long would be a great addition. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. He's a legacy to his dad, Howie Long, and he's healthy, and we know he can play. You don't have to worry about Kyle Long at right tackle or left tackle. Excuse me, a guard, right guard or left guard. Just put him in the game. And you know that he's going to be better and bigger and nastier and stronger than the guys he's competing against. I think a better Richie Incognito, if they're able to get him. Richie Incognito could be back.
Everybody hopes Gabe Jackson would restructure and come back. But I think Gabe is a good enough player to make more money on the open market or similar money. We'll see what the plan is there for Mike Mayock. And then when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, I'd be wasting my time and your time if I've talked about offense. I mean, we don't have the time to talk about the Raiders' offense. If they get a player, it's got to be on the offensive line. they got to restack that old line And if not, if they get a receiver because a receiver just falls in their lap and Gruden wants Juju Smith-Schuster or some receiver that Gruden just thinks is great because they lose Nelson Aguilar. Look, you don't want to lose Nelson Aguilar, but Nelson Aguilar wasn't a prize-free agent last time. If they're able to get someone better than Aguilar, I'm open to that. But Aguilar really understood the system and I thought was great with Derek Carr. And then that leads us to Derek Carr. Here's the only thing I'll say about Derek. I'm pro-Derek. I've always said he'd be the quarterback. I've always been right on everything with Derek. Derek's got to go out and recruit now. He has to. The big elephant in the room this week is recruiting. And Vegas has got to be better at recruiting free agents because this is their first chance to do it as we're not out of COVID, but hopefully we'll be out of COVID soon. And with John Gruden, Mike Mayock, Derek Carr, and the ability to use the backdrop of the strip and the entertainment capital of the world, the no state taxes, it's go time. The recruiting has got to be great because that's what we were led to believe is going to happen. We were led to believe that the recruiting is going to come and people are going to want to play in Vegas. And I believe in that because if I didn't believe in that, then I wouldn't be honest with you about the stadium and the facility and my lifestyle and living here and what everybody loves about this community. So let's hear from a couple of Raider fans. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Let's wake up this morgue and get some people going. And again, we want the best of the best opinions about what the Raiders need to do. What is your temperature today? Are you concerned? Are you nervous? Are you optimistic? We'll get to all of that after I have the pleasure of introducing Donald Penn, who officially retired from the Raiders today, signing a one-day contract. And this is great news because he loved being a Raider. Donald JT, congratulations on the events of today. How are you? Thank you, JT. How you been, man? Couldn't be better. I'm real happy for you when Will Kiss told me, and I knew you were doing this today, that you would be able to come on and talk about your decision, how important this is as a legacy play for you, for you and your family. Oh, it is big uh, because, you know, the biggest thing is, like I told everybody, I love Tampa. I will never take them for granted. I love them. But growing up a Raider fan, and being a Raider fan as a kid and then being able to play uh, for the team you grew up for, I mean, it's like a dream come true. I, I really enjoyed every second I played with the Raiders because I was at home in California playing for the team I um, grew up playing. And then another thing, too, uh, John Gruden brought me into the league, kind of gave me my first start, and John Gruden's here now. Uh, so I just kind of felt like all that worked out, and I just love the Raiders and – you know, after talking to Mr. Davis and everything, he, he, uh, it was it was just only right. Yeah, you made the Pearl Bowl twice as you were here with the Raiders, and you had a lot of success individually. Your peers around the league and coaches knew that, and you really strived to play at a high level. It was very important to you. Whenever I talked to you, we traveled together on planes. You were a gamer. You wanted to be there for your teammates on game day and give it your all. I mean, yeah, I mean, I started 170 straight games. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how many injuries I played through, um, how many 
many, uh, you know, emotions, stress I played through. Uh, a lot of injuries I played through. A lot of people wouldn't have played, would have played those games. They would have set out, man. I tried to always pride in being there and sticking up for my teammates. I, as you know, I, we, we never took anything. I didn't take no stuff. Anybody messing with my teammates, they messed with me. And that's mm-hmm. how I tried to live. And I just want the fans to know, like, I, I, I really went out there and I gave it my all all the time. I really played with passion. I played with heart. And I always played with a chip on my shoulder. And I really feel like that's why I had such longevity. Donald Penn is our guest. And you also understood the importance of this organization with Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Jim Otto, who you met at events. You understood that there was a Mount Rushmore of Hall of Fame offensive linemen on this team before you got here and when you played here. That had to play a big role. Oh, yeah, it did. I mean, you know, I, I used to grow up grew up watching Lincoln Kennedy, grew up watching those guys. Um mm-hmm. And to come in there and feel it, and, you know, I I feel like we probably will go down in history as one of the best offensive lines to ever play for the Raiders when we had that thing rolling, um, when we made the playoffs. And like I told uh, Vic when he asked me earlier today, he was asking one of, one of my biggest uh, accomplishments as a Raider. I don't know if you guys all remember my first press conference when I signed. I said I was going to make sure I bring the Raiders back to greatness. And my biggest accomplishment is when we – clinch that playoff um, in San Diego because I really felt like I did what I come to do, and that's one thing I pride myself on, always doing what I'm saying I'm going to do, and I feel like, you know, we we did that, and I, I accomplished something that I wanted to accomplish here, and I feel like the future is very bright for the Raiders. I really can't wait to sit back and watch. Donald Penn joins us. He signed a contract to officially retire a little while ago with the Silver and Black. You can find the video, the podcast coming up. This interview will all be at Raiders.com. A a couple of current issues with this team, with losing Trent Brown. And, again, you didn't play with Trent Brown as a teammate, but a lot of Raider fans were upset because he didn't have the passion like Lincoln Kennedy and the passion that you had and the emotion that you wore on your sleeve. And it's tough when you pay someone a lot of money and it doesn't play out. And what they're trying to do now with rebuilding this offensive line on the fly, Gabe Jackson, whatever happens with him, Richie Incognito was hurt last year. What do you think the Raiders have to do to tighten up this old line in the offseason? Uh, they got um, they got to get the um, – if Gabe's gone, they gotta, that's a big, huge replacement. Um mm-hmm. You know, they still got Rod. Rod's Rod's a floor general. He's gonna make everything um um go better. I was just talking to um Gruden a while ago, man. Colton Miller's been making so many strides. I mean, watching him, I I love watching him. He's getting better and better every game, getting better and better every year. I can't wait to see you know the sky's the limit for him. But they do need to uh, fill that guard hole. I thought Richie played very well last year before he got hurt. Um they need to get him back healthy. I think that time off is really gonna help. And um they're gonna have to fill that um that right guard, um that right guard, right then, tackle. Um, fast, right, right, right guard. If Gabe's going, I'm talking about right guard, and then right tackle. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to fill that too. Uh, I told Coach Gruden if he um, let me know before the month's over if he needs me to start back working out uh, for that right tackle spot. So he said he's going to let me know. So I told him just let me know by the end of the month so I can start going five days a week because I only work out three days a week now. So I love that. Add those two extra days. <laughs> uh, Donald Penn joins us. Uh, Donald, another big issue: your relationship with Derek Carr. The game he got injured, the great play that you played that whole year. You were emotional. Derek was emotional after that. It seemed like you and Derek really were on the same page when you were out there together. You took a lot of pride in protecting him and making sure that you did your best to protect his blind side. Your friendship with Derek Carr and what you think his upside is going forward. Uh, I think Derek's 
sky's the limit. I really feel like I, I was telling somebody that last year. I really feel like him and Gruden, they're really clicking right now. I feel like they're both bouncing ideas off of each other. They're both agreeing. They're both helping each other out. They're, um, I just really feel like it's really flowing. Uh, they need to get um, see what free agency is going to happen. I, I'm really excited to see what that's going to do. Bringing a couple of couple more guys to uh, help DC out. Waller's playing great, but I I really feel like DC sky's the limit. I just can't wait for them to make the playoffs and. I'm glad they're sticking with D.C. because uh, I really do feel like he's a guy. And that's, that, uh, D.C. is a good friend of mine. And, you know, people say a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, but D.C. is my guy. I always protect him like he's my little brother. And, uh, yep. you know, I love D.C. You did. You did. You and him have a great relationship. Wrapping it up with Donald Penn, you've done a lot of broadcasting. I've been, interviewed you a number of times. You spent a lot of time on the Fox lot and uh, NFL Network, all of this. You really have had a lot of reps already for a guy who just retired today. What do you want to do in media going forward? I would love to do media, man. If you need a partner, let me know. Let me know. You know what I mean. Uh, but I would love to. I would love to do media because I really feel like um, I know the football game very well, and I feel like I could really relay it to people in a more understandable way for them to um, understand the game. And I would love to do that. Um, COVID's really messing stuff up right now with me being able to go to the network and get some behind the scenes uh, help and stuff. But that's some. I definitely want to get in. I, I really feel like I can really focus on the offensive line play and the defensive line play and give. Uh, the fans a lot of insight hey finally your final message because you're going to be around a lot and you'll talk to Raider Nation we know that but on this important day in your life your legacy with your family what's your message to the Raider Nation Raider Nation uh, thank you for um, everything thank you for all the support thank you for the good times the bad times they made me stronger the bad times made me stronger the good times I appreciate it um, I love you guys please 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 stick with Gruden Stick with DC. They're going to do stuff right. I know you guys are the best fans ever. You're going to tell us when we're wrong. You're going to tell us when we're right. But just stick with these guys. I'm looking forward to see what you guys have going forward. I can't wait till COVID uh, clears up so I come out here and party in the stands with you guys. But but stick with these guys. Uh, they really have some good brewing. Nicely said. Congratulations, Donald. I look forward to spending a lot more time with you in the coming months. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You got it. Donald Penn. Uh, nice that we could talk to him. Really important what that meant to him to go in there today and for them to have that ability to sign him. Now, a lot of people are waiting for signings of players that are in free agency, but that's an important moment in his life. And he talked about the good times and the bad times. And, you know, there were a lot of emotional moments with Donald. Donald, when, when Donald wasn't able to play, it killed him. I know that. I've talked with him at airports. I've talked to him at the facility over the years. When he wasn't able to go for injury, he was not right. That was a guy who was deeply concerned when he couldn't play. Yeah, very much like Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, Lincoln, you know, Lincoln is, is at a level that a lot of guys weren't at, but Lincoln always talked to me about pride and the ability to play on and off the air. And Donald Penn was like that. It, whenever he suited up for the Raiders and went out on that field, he played his ass off. And when he couldn't play, he was upset that he couldn't get on the field. And I watched that up close, and it's real. And, again, that was my number one concern about Trent Brown. Trent Brown didn't have any Donald Penn in him when it came to his heart to want to play for this organization or this fan base. And Donald Penn, you know, I remember I was the, you know, I saw the video. I was there that day when he got into it outside the parking lot when he got out of his car and he was jawing with some fans who were jawing at him. He loved this team and still does. Very emotional guy. A guy who cares a lot about this cares about Gruden, and he went out of his way. I didn't ask him it. He said it twice about stick with Gruden, 
and stick with Carr. And that's a guy who played in the in this league and a guy who played at a high level. And he's telling you, stick with these guys along the way. Thanks to Donald Penn. If you have any reaction to that, let's hear from you. 702-365-9200. If you want to get through, we'll take your phone calls on Donald Penn, what the Raiders need to do in free agency. You're going to hear March Madness. Uh, Seth Greenberg from ESPN supposed to call in kind of right around now. So I got to get out uh, in case he calls in. And then we'll take your phone calls on free agency. And the guy that I the guy that I follow the most is Ian Rappaport, as Ian Rappaport breaks the most news when it comes to that. So if there's something brewing, he will have it, and we appreciate that. Uh, thanks to all of our new partners who are joining us, including Bell Solar, and they're hiring Bell Solar, proud partner of our show. We appreciate them. Here's a shot by Walker for three. It's good. Should count. Doesn't matter. Big Ten Tournament Championship comes to Champaign. The Illini celebrate their first Big Ten Championship for the Big Ten Tournament since the famous 2005 Fighting Illini. Against a gallant effort from Ohio State. The Illini hold on to win 91-88. Yeah, my wife's Illini, a one seed. JT back with you. Seth Greenberg will join us in a moment. Free agent frenzy. The Patriots sign a big, big, big name. Ravens pass rusher Matt Judon, a four-year, $56 million deal. Patriots get their edge rusher. Some of the other reported news within the last hour. Urban Meyer and the Jaguars get wide receiver returner Jamal Agnew. From the Lions, the former fifth rounder in 2017, he cashes in. So that's one we're keeping an eye on. And look, you look at some of these players that are starting to fly in now. Patrick Mahomes has a new interior offensive lineman. Joe Tooney times for a five-year deal with the Chiefs. Joe Tooney, a five-year, $80 million deal. So that's a big interior offensive lineman. And former Ram safety, John Johnson is signing with the Browns, according to E. Rappaport. Uh, that is a big deal. So there are a couple of deals that have just been announced. We're waiting for anything on the Raiders. You keep it here to Raider Nation Radio, and we'll let you know breaking news as soon as anybody signs and we get the news of the day. It will be all over the app, all over the channel. Keep it here the rest of the day, as always. Uh, big Al in San Francisco as the Raiders are looking to sign players. What's happening, Big Al? Uh-huh. I'm just kind of watching free agency and so forth. And there are some good players that are certainly out there. And I really would like to see the Raiders, uh, if one, get an edge rusher, two, get a, a linebacker, maybe more of an inside guy uh, than an outside guy. And three, and maybe because, you know, well, most importantly, because of what happened last week with uh, dealing Trent Brown and, uh, and so forth, is get a big old burly right tackle. This right tackle can be a stopgap for this coming season if they don't feel that right tackle is available in the draft, or that they rather spend the draft, you know, the draft pick on you know on somebody on the defensive side of the ball. But a nice player like Russell Ochung, who's been around for a little bit, still has something left in the tank, can play the right side or the left side, and it will be give us the stability on the line that we need. Now that we've had, you know, basically we've lost two, even three guys on the line. 
the Raiders have to be able to protect the you know protect the edge on both sides. And you know, Colton Miller's been a nice pickup, a good draft pick. You know, that was that was that the Raiders made in John's first year. Now let's kind of parlay that into something something better on the other side, so that we can have the stability, we can run the ball, and we can protect Derek. Yeah, I agree, Big Al. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I have a guest I got to get to. Thank you. I was. I'm surprised John Johnson, who I thought, and Vinny's been talking about him, he was on the Raiders' radar. But the price, three years, $33.75 million, $24 million guaranteed for safety, John Johnson. That's a guy that the Raiders could have plugged in as a former captain of the Rams. Remember, the Raiders went out and got Littleton from the Rams, and he was supposed to pop, and he didn't. But I think that Johnson's going to really do good things for the Browns. Browns are good. There isn't a weakness on the Browns at any level. Offensive line, quarterback, I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. They got two running backs. They got Miles Garrett. They got linebackers, and they have a pretty good secondary. So not only do I look for potential Raider deals, I'm looking at the other teams in the NFC. The Patriots are the loudest team today. They're spending the money the quickest. Bill Belichick is pouncing, getting Judon, the edge rusher, from Baltimore. So that's a big move for Belichick. They get a pass rusher from the Ravens, which is really the strength of the Ravens. It's their defensive line. So it weakens the Ravens and it strengthens the Patriots. Seth Greenberg is kind enough to join us from ESPN, the former head coach who does a great job with the team at ESPN with Bracketology. And coach, thanks for a few moments. And I hope you're getting a commission on the reruns for Bracketology. I watched it twice already since last night. I hope you get an extra check for that one. Uh, no kickbacks here. Um, just, uh, <laughs> hopefully, um, you, you know what it does? It just gives you more mean tweets. Hey, you know, that... On a show like that, if you say something about a team, someone's team, you're an idiot. You stink. You know nothing. It's amazing. I get it. I get it. You get it. It's part of the business. But on a fun side of it, I have a tradition unlike any other. For decades on the Monday, you know, earlier today, I go to a diner in Vegas, an egg place, and I got two or three newspapers, and I start reading and circling, and I got a highlighter. It's just old school the way I did it. You were coaching back there in the day, but guys like me, even before this, who had a real job, that's how I would break down the brackets, and it's just good that we're doing that again at some level. There's not a lot of water cooler talk, as a lot of people are not back into their office buildings and skyscrapers, but I feel like everybody's talking about it again. Do you? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, look, we've missed it. And, you know, when you miss something and you get it back, you know, it, it kind of almost makes you complete in a lot of ways. And, you know, you don't realize how much you miss something until you get it taken away from you. And I think that's that's what's happened in a lot of ways. So, uh, yeah, there's a buzz. It's a unique year. It's been a unique season. Uh, but we've got great storylines. I mean, who would have thought? Indiana, boom, they're not in it. Kentucky, Duke, not in it. But there's, all, there's so many good teams, and that's what we need to be talking about. We don't need to be talking about the teams that are not here. We need to be talking about the teams that are here. I agree with you on that, and that is a big storyline with no Duke, Louisville. Louisville would be the first team brought in if there was a COVID issue. But I wanted to ask your opinion on the play-in game on Michigan State-UCLA. That feels like something that I would buy on pay-per-view back in the day. I, I love the concept of that and the way they explained it on Selection Sunday. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, like it's a big-time game. I mean, you know, I thought Michigan State wasn't going to be in that game. I thought that those wins, I mean, they beat three of the top five teams in the country at the end of the season, and yet they're playing in that game, which is amazing, especially because their losses were during the time where they were in a pause and they had guys with the virus, but – 
you know, stuff happens. So, I mean, that game, Mick Cronin's team struggled down the stretch. Michigan State struggled scoring. UCLA can score. Uh, has the makings of a classic game, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know what? Those guys are in the tournament. Jim, Jim Beheim had a great line yesterday when we interviewed him. We said, uh, you know, where do you think you are? He goes, hey, two weeks ago, I would have walked to play in the first four. Now I think, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we're in good shape. But the idea of you're in the tournament, and then you, it gives you a chance. We all remember VCU and their run. Seth Greenberg joins us. He can be heard on ESPNU Radio Channel 84 and ACC Radio 371 throughout the tournament. On the Gonzaga side of the bracket in the West, where everybody says it's Gonzaga against the field or they're a lock, I look at Lon Kruger in Oklahoma. I'm looking at Virginia after that, and I'm looking at Fran McCaffrey in Iowa on the bottom of that bracket. Do you think that bracket was easier than you expected? You knew they were getting a one seed for a while, or does that look like it's a tougher bracket than you thought? It's an if bracket. Like, what's mm-hmm. the situation with Kansas and the pause? I mean, you know, is David McCormick going to be up to play? It's an if bracket. What's the situation with Virginia where they have multiple guys that have the virus and aren't going to get there uh, until uh, until Friday to play a Saturday game? Uh, you know, after that, I think that, you know, USC is an interesting team. Uh, USC, they've got great length. They protect the rim. Uh, they have a front court player that maybe can bother Timmy a little bit. Can they get back in transition? Can they take care of the ball? Will their guard play hold up? Uh, you know, you could potentially have an Oregon-Gonzaga uh, game, which uh, Oregon is positionless. To beat Gonzaga, you got to have a four that can defend out on the floor because of Kispert. So, I mean, you know, that that's the biggest conundrum for anyone who's going to play against uh, Gonzaga. Take care of the ball, take good shots, and have a four who can guard. Those, are, To me, if you can't do those two things, and they get out in transition, you are done. Oh, by the way, they score 51 points per game in the post, in the paint. Seth Greenberg joins us. Seth, who's the best two-seed? Is it Iowa, Alabama, Houston, or Ohio State, in your opinion? Ohio State, not even close. Not even close, okay. Not even close. I mean, and again, no disrespect to any of those, but the Big Ten's just different. It's better scouted. It's more mature. It's better played. It has toughness about them. they got guard play. Washington, C.J. Walker, Kyle Young, E.J. Liddell is an absolute matchup nightmare. The kid Justice Ewing, the transfer from Cal, is a perfect fit for the way Chris coaches uh, Ohio State to me. The 5-12s with Colorado, Georgetown. Uh, a lot of talk about the Gauchos of Santa Barbara and Creighton. Villanova, Winthrop, and the other 5-12 that jumps out at me, it's the last one, is Tennessee, Oregon State. Everybody always asks you, do you like a 12 over a 5 a lot? Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's the one that everyone kind of, you know, yeah. kind of it kind of jumps out at you. I mean, I, I forgot, well, last night we had the stat on that. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a pretty interesting stat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to go look through these. i got to hold this a little further away from me because I literally just got to read me, read me those again because I, I have a Yeah, your, your 5-12s are uh, the Gauchos of Santa Barbara and Creighton. We have Villanova. Winthrop is a 5-12. Uh, Tennessee, Oregon State. And then the big one, Colorado, Georgetown. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Colorado, I, I'm high on, on, on Pat Young's team. Uh, they're taking better care of the ball. They were turning over 21% of their possessions prior to, prior to the tournament. They're taking better care of the ball. You see Dante Harris grow up. Javon Blair is shooting the ball, shooting the cover off the ball right now. Cordis, 
Uh, Kudus uh, Wahab is giving them great rim protection. Uh, they have a little bit of an edge to them. I actually like uh, I like Georgetown in that game. I'm not as high on Santa Barbara, and I know look, Santa Barbara is really efficient offensively. I mean, really efficient offensively. And Jacora McLaughlin is is a very very interesting uh, player. I mean, because he the guy has good size, he can score. Uh, you know, you're talking about teams in top 25 has defensive efficiency. Uh, 48 percent of the shots. Uh, they assist on 59 percent of their shots. They got an inside player and so, but. Uh, I just – the league is not good. They have won 18 their last 19, so they expect to win. So uh, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see that game happening, though. And, and, and there is a concern because Creighton, let's face it, they laid an egg. They did. An egg in the Big East tournament. And they, obviously they went through the situation with Coach. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a concern, but uh, I, I don't see Santa Barbara winning that game. Wrapping up with Seth Greenberg. Seth, what do you say to the, the towns, the, the the programs that didn't look at Rick Pitino? We're one of them here in Vegas. I brought it up with UNLV years ago. And look, we know the problems that Coach Pitino had, and he leads Iona to the tournament. But there were a lot of smaller D1 schools, even ones that had great history that would like to rebuild it again. And they passed on whatever reason. And now we see Rick Pitino here taking a team to the tournament. What's the big picture on the athletic directors who said, no, nah, I just don't want to go down that road when he was available a few years ago. Yeah, but he, look, you got to make a choice. You got It's not just yeah. the athletic director. It's the president of the institution. It's the mission of the school. You know, look, we know Rick and Coach. That's never been a, that's never been an issue. And Iona, by the way, has had a rich tradition in basketball, whether it was Jim mm-hmm. Valmano or it was Timmy Welsh, whether it was you know Tim Kloos. I mean, if you go down the list of coaches they've had, they've all had success. Rick is obviously a world-class coach that can take your team and beat you know, his and take his team and beat yours. But, you know, I, look, to me, it's a difficult, you know, slippery slope. You didn't know what the situation was with the Louisville situation. Uh, it was all speculative. Uh, you know, there, there there are things that happened. There are a lot of things you got to clear. I mean, Iona was the perfect fit. New York guy back in New York, Catholic school, Providence. Uh, you know, I just, uh, his name recognition, obviously, in the city, the ability to do some things that maybe Coach Valvado did in terms of raising the profile on the brand. But I, I don't. You know, I, I don't throw shade on anyone because everyone has their own criteria for what they're looking for in hiring. And Iona had the gumption to hire a great coach and, and live with a little bit of the criticism when he was hired. And, uh, look, I'm a Rick Pitino fan. I mean, I grew up in Long Island, and, you know, I, I think he's phenomenal. He was always great to me. And, uh, you know, someone who was the first guy of us five-star guys that – you know, went on to coach in college. I mean, he, we all wanted to be like Rick when we were young uh, college players that worked in five-star that were had desires to coach basketball. So I'm happy for him, happy for Iota, but I don't throw shade on other people. That's uh, Everyone yeah. has their own decisions to make. Well, that's why we connect. I'm a Massapequa boy who went to Farmingdale High School, went to five-star. So I've had Lee Klein on and everybody over the years, and I love the history of your history at New York basketball. Last one. Give me a motivational moment for you when you were a head coach in the tournament, looking at a great seat in front of you or a game where you really connected with your players the night before or when you walked out of the locker room to play their best and they delivered for you. Yeah, the biggest thing is, you know, we don't have to beat these guys in a series. We've got to beat them in one game. To do that, mm-hmm. we basically got to understand who we are and how we win. And it, it, it is that simple. The hardest playing, toughest team finds a way to win. If you can be that team, all right, we're going to be in position to win. 
If everyone plays to their strengths, don't show people what you can't do. Show people what you can do. Understand the art of the upsets. Own the te- uh, upset. Own the tempo of the game. Take care of the basketball. Cut them out off the glass. And most importantly, we're going to have someone during the course of this game step up, and we're not letting that other team's best player beat us. If they're going to beat us, it's going to be someone besides the person they want it to be. So let's go out and play 40 minutes. There you go. Fabulous. Hope to talk to you by the Final Four again, Seth. Always appreciate your time. Thank you. You got it, brother. Be good. Be safe now. We will. Saria, Seth Greenberg, thank you for calling in. Appreciate Bobby getting that happening. After we had Donald Penn lead off this hour, uh, ta- announcing his retirement from the Raiders. Nice to catch up with him as we wrap up the show here at the top of the hour. So there's a lot happening in NFL free agency. I'll get back to Ian Rappaport and Mike Florio reporting that the Jets are receiving trade calls on linebacker C.J. Mosley, who opted out last year. He opted out last season. So the Jets are receiving calls on him. According to Tom Pelissero, the linebacker has $22 million left in guarantees on his contract. His cap hit would be $6 million in 2021. He signed a five-year, $85 million deal with New York, the Jets, back in 19. But just played two games for the club after he had a groin injury, and then he sat out. He was a hell of a player with Baltimore. He's a four-time pro bowler. He's a guy I'd love to see as a Raider. Very expensive, though, considering if he's not happy, if the Jets are taking calls, what the deal would look like. He's a hell of a player. That's one of the best players out there. And with all the teams in cap space, now that are doing deals, there aren't, there aren't too many surprises on what we're seeing now. We're seeing the, the Patriots very active today. Kansas City went out and got their offensive linemen. Not that big of a surprise to me because Kansas City, no doubt, had to make a move to get Patrick Mahomes some help in the interior line. So I look at the rest of the teams and some of the space that's available or not available. The Jaguars are the leaders. The Jaguars have most of the space at $73 million via overthecap.com. The Patriots at 69.3. The Jets at 68.4. The Chargers at 46. The Colts at 45. The Bengals at 41. Those are the teams over $40 million. As the list goes on, and the Raiders have been very active in trying to restructure deals or let players go so they could bounce here. But I think we found out already. I think we know this to be true, that we're not seeing Mike Mayock come in on the first few minutes of free agency and blowing up the limited amount of money that they have. Raiders have good money to go out and sign players. But the question becomes, what players will they get? Are they looking to pounce on one of the big edge rushers who could be out there? And they're all there. I was shocked that Cam Newton resigned with the Patriots, but the Patriots might still be. Marcus Mariota is better than Cam Newton, not even close. Marcus Mariota is better than Cam Newton. He's got a much better arm, and he's more mobile. Cam's just too beat up, and they decided to go down that road at you know, $14 million, which looks like a deal for Belichick, but now they can afford to do a deal for Marcus Mariota too. If I was the Patriots with everything they've done so far, I'd bring in, I'd try to make a trade for Marcus Mariota and have him as the starter over Cam Newton. And it's still quiet on the Deshaun Watson front and Russell Wilson front. So with all the players and potential moves that are out there, so far today, Kansas City has been active. New England's been active. Which, again, we've been talking about the mood of the Raiders and what the Raiders are going to do going forward here. A Raider Nation, you're going to have to be patient, and we'll see what happens. The Niners... You know, they brought back Juice. They brought back their fullback. They're happy about that. And I know Vinny 
Bonson, you will be talking about the big-time money, as Ian Rappaport reported, the Browns' deal for John Johnson, the safety, who would have been the perfect fit for the Raiders, but as Ian Rappaport says, big money. And Joe Thune's deal to come in for the Patriots from the Patriots, the deal he gets with the Chiefs, the first two years are fully guaranteed at $32.5 million. Year three is an injury only, but converts to full guarantee in year two. So practically, practically $48 million guaranteed. So just a couple of moves to kick off free agency. Uh, let's see what you think about it. We'll see what the Raiders are thinking about on the other side. And you know, there's one other big story. Danell Hunter, the great edge rusher, is not happy with his contract with Minnesota. And that is a trending story today. Because, again, he's probably the dream edge rusher for the Raiders if they could get him. And as Pro Football Talk put together the top 100 free agents, uh, Shaq Barrett was the number one free agent, and he re-signs with Tampa Bay. So Dak Prescott has signed with the Cowboys. Allen Robinson, the Bears franchise tagged him. Leonard Williams, the Giants franchise tagged him. Justin Simmons, the fourth-ranked free agent, franchise with the Broncos. Chris Godwin, franchise with the Buccaneers. 49ers offensive tackle Trent Williams is still out there in free agency, but most of the Niner fans feel that he will re-sign with them and be available. He's going to be a very expensive player for the 49ers, but they are making money available also. J.J. Watt with the Cardinals early. Levante David agreed with the Buccaneers on a two-year $25 million extension. Viking safety Anthony Harris is out there. Another name that you would hope that the Raiders would be in the discussion with. And the 15th-ranked free agent, Ravens Ed Grusher, Matthew Judon, who I thought would be a good fit for the Raiders, moments ago signs a four-year, $56 million deal with Belichick and the Patriots. So in the top 20, most of the top 20 players are signed or franchise tagged as we keep an eye on all those players as that continues to move. 702-365-9200 on what's a busy day. The bracket is out. Uh, Vegas is gearing up for what should be an exciting Thursday and Friday. As some of your casino choices are open, and we're recommending you go to PTs for all their March Madness giveaways, their contests, their rewards, and the greatest happy hour in town from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. You're watching College Hoops. Go find a PT's tavern near you or head out to the Stratosphere where they have the PTs right off the main lobby, and that'll be popping, I can promise you, if you're looking for a spot to take your friends and watch March Madness. When we come back, we'll wrap it up, see if there's any new news. My friend Andrew Siciliano is on the desk of NFL Network today on a really busy day. NFL free agency is underway. What will the Raiders do? What do they need to do? How patient will you be? That's really what this week is about right here. JT. This is Raider Nation Radio. Okay, you said next chapter. You said next chapter. So what's our next <laughs> chapter, Drew? What you got cooking? Well, I am going to be working for NBC. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah, I get to, I get to, I'm part of the team now. Yes. Uh, 
a new a, a new team. Um, so I'm listen. I'm I'm excited about that journey. I'm excited to stay very closely connected with the game of football. Um, it's been such an important part of my life, um, and I continue to be able to to talk about it and show a passion for it and. Uh, bring my kids along for, for the ride there as well and, and, and let them be part of some of those special moments. And there's so many philanthropic endeavors uh-huh. that uh, we are involved with, um, especially here in the city of New Orleans. And a lot of those will be announced here over the coming months. Um, I'll be honest, I, I am most excited about those things mm-hmm. um, because I think that's where we can make the biggest impact. And um, there's still so much need in this country and certainly in the city. And I'm excited that we have the opportunity to be involved in those things and uh, create some models, some sustainable models uh, that we can replicate throughout this country to continue to push us forward. Drew Brees, good for Drew Brees, one of the good guys out there. He'll go to NBC. Hoda and the gang this morning welcoming here. His kids were cute when they announced his retirement, and Drew Brees is out of football. Looks like they'll go with Jameis Winston. I think that's a good move. I like Jameis Winston. If he's a 5,000-yard thrower, he had a cut down on his interceptions. He went into the lab with Sean Payton and Drew Brees and Taysom Hill took his medicine and he comes back. Jameis Winston should be the example of someone who gets benched or traded and has another opportunity. I keep bringing that up with Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota was a very good quarterback. Very good. Okay. He lost his job to Ryan Tannehill, came to the Raiders to be a backup for Carr, didn't play, played one half of one game. And he should be a starter in this league. He's better than Cam Newton. He's better than a lot of other quarterbacks that are out there. And he's just expensive. And that's going to be a big topic coming up here in the next couple of days. Because if the Raiders don't vastly improve that offensive line, you probably want to have a good guy like Mariota as a backup. Because there could be chances where Carr's running for his life and Carr's running to get away from trouble. And you need a good backup. And Mariota would be an expensive but a very good backup. He is the best backup in football period there's no better backup than Marcus Mariota that is a luxury for the Raiders and the Raiders should be a playoff team right we keep talking eight and eight should have been ten and six you got to have a luxury backup because if Carr goes down if you want to go to the playoffs Mariota can take you there but considering what they're paying Mariota and all the holes that the Raiders have either on the offensive line going forward and on defense it's it's tough to have luxury items it's tough to have a yacht and then a 250-foot boat behind the yacht. I mean, you, you, one or the other, and we'll see what happens. Ian Rappaport uh, points out the Texans continue to add depth up front. They signed former Raider, and they didn't say former Raider. Adam Schefter, I think, took a shot at the Raiders. He said, former Cowboy Malik Collins to a one-year deal with the Texans, $6 million. And Vinny Bonsignor jumped on that saying former Raider. Yeah, he was a former Raider. So the Malik Collins decision was a disaster. A disaster. He was terrible. And he should have been really good. He should have been really good, and he wasn't. But you take your swings with a guy. You think he's going to be good. It doesn't work out. You let him go. We'll see if the other team works out well with him. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Thanks to our guest. Donald Penn came on early in the show. We were really excited to talk to him. And we had our good friend. Seth Greenberg, who's always fun to have on. And uh, that was it. I'm pretty excited about what happened today, and hopefully we have good news the rest of the week. Timmy Moffitt came on, too. Once a Raider, always a Raider.
you miss any portion of the show, download it at lvsportsnetwork.com. Thanks to all of our partners as that grows. Big week with March Madness and Raiders Free Agency, everybody. Keep it here. Have a good night, everybody. All right?